Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Studio audience, let's feel it. Happy Friday. Yeah. All right. Well, they're fired up. I know. They are fired up, man. It's a good thing we gave them breakfast. Yeah. Kind of getting on my nerves. Let's get this show over with, and you guys can get out of here. Isn't that right? <laughs> Please leave. All of you. <laughs> All right, your Ben Jarofsky show, Oh, What a Week, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, we got time. Tell us all about your latest column in Chicago Reader. Ah, uh, yes. Boy, did I have a field day with this one. I was uh, following up on a story that uh, I don't know if you and I talked. I guess we did. Uh, and uh, an interview I did with uh, State Senator Rob Martwick, which you can hear it dropped on Monday. And uh, it was got- it was featured on Lumpen Radio today. And that's good that you did that because uh, there was no swearing. <laughs> Uh, yep. In that interview. Well, and I also pulled the Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez uh, video or video uh, audio and you cursed in it. I took it out, though. What? I did. Just yeah. give me the first initial. Uh, dick. <laughs> you said dick. I was quoting the mayor. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? I was quoting the mayor. Actually, I was just referring to the senator. Uh, dick Durbin. OK, that's all I was. Oh. doing. all right. That's not uh, what you now- were doing. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I talked about Rob Markwick and uh, what is he doing right if both Johnny Catanzara, the head of the Fraternal Order of Police, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot cannot stand them? There you go, D. It's a riddle. What is he doing right if two people who hate each other, Lightfoot hates Catanzara, Catanzara hates Lightfoot, hate uh, Rob Markwick? And I'm like, wow, let's let's take the deep dive. So I took that deep dive, and here's the sound of me uh, diving into the pool. <laughs> Deep dive taken. If you want to know, folks, what's going on in Chicago politics, the real deal, got to read my column, right, D? I've only been doing this since 1981. Good Lord. (laughs) Take the deep dive with Ben Jarofsky. (laughs) But hey, Chicago Reader, and if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, SKY. All right. Once again, we're not the Bill Maher show. <laughs> it is Friday, March 25th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. Now, oh, what a host. <laughs> oh, what a columnist. Oh, what a reporter. I mean, Lightfoot said it. Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this up an Adam early Friday, and here's why. 
because I was up and at him early today. Yes, yes, yes. Going to let that cat out of the bag. Yes. Decided to get up early today because, well, it's a complicated thing. I did not do my interview at noon that I usually do at noon. We postponed it to Friday. Who cares about the details? The point is, I got up and at him early, just like Dr. D, my role model. And this is what I did. Ladies and gentlemen, as part of my I'm getting in shape campaign for 2022, I went to the park and went jogging. Yes. <laughs> oh, I would love to see Ben oh jogging. Folks. What a hilarious sight. Me jogging. It's a <laughs> Yeah. I've always said that about jogging. Like nobody looks like they're having a good time when they're jogging. Oh, I look horror. I am definitely not having a good time. <laughs> and at one point, this 83-year-old woman uh, walked past me. She was power walking. Move over, Sonny. You're clogging up the running track. <gasps> On your left. <laughs> Hey, was it Phyllis? That sounded like Phyllis. Anyway, so, but here's the point. So coming back from my early morning jog, exhausted, about ready to take a nap, I happened to listen to WBEZ. And D, oh, that'll help you with a nap. <laughs> okay, there, you did edit that one out, okay, because I'm trying to get you a job over there, all right? Trying to get you a job. Then you say something like that. No wonder your resume is at the bottom. Has nothing to do with the fact that you're not from an Ivy League. It has nothing to do from the fact that you went to a junior college, even though they would never look at anybody with a junior college. They've made, oh, they've uh, made me spiteful. Uh, anyway, so I was listening to them, and they did a great job. They have their own Oh What a Week, and they have a collection of very learned reporters uh, sort of sitting around the metaphorical mic. I presume it's virtual these days. What was their show called? Uh, huh, that week was interesting. <laughs> their show is called We're Really Smart, oh, and yeah. Ben isn't. Uh, and um, so I you know, I was really impressed how knowledgeable everyone was and quick on the draw and just very smart. Uh, and so, D, I've decided we're going to clean up our act a little oh, bit around here, okay? All right. All right. All right? Okay. So just okay. no more silly sounds, no more bad imitations. I'm not going to do any more imitations of Bruce Rauner. Uh, nothing like that, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to do – I'm going to – I'm actually going to channel Obama without imitating Obama. Oh, wow. All right? Let's hear because this. Because Obama would be a great WBEZ reporter. Um, interesting uh, development at uh, City Hall. Uh, there's a uh, new alderman in the 11th Ward. <laughs> That's Obama do, being as a, a news reporter with that inflection that you have to have. News, weather and traffic on the 8th. We're going to be coming up talking about uh, all things you need to know. But first, uh, we're going to talk about your weather. High of 75, low of 43. <laughs> Folks, he's so much better at it than I am. It's really kind of deflating. What's the one that uh, I always do by imitation, then you do yours, and I'm like, God damn, yours uh, is better than mine. Have, oh, uh, Flannery. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, he does a Flannery way better than me. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Didn't I just make a resolution that we're going to be professional? No Flannery imitations. Do you think BEZ does a Flannery imitation? Okay. So from now on, no Flannery imitations after this. Do one. Just one. Just do one. Well, the campaign, of course, is not done. <laughs> Come on, folks. You got to admit, that's pretty damn good. Flannery. That's good, Flannery. We're going to send this over to Flannery. 
All right. The campaign, of course, is not done. No more impressions. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. We're going to be really, I'm going to conjure up my um, inner BEZ today, ladies and gentlemen. You just watch. Here we go. And you just watch all those downloads just climb up, up, and up after this. Yeah. They go, ching. <laughs> yeah. That's the sound of, oh, wait, wait. Didn't I say I was not going to do any more sound effects? Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, Dr. D with Oh, What a Week. Ooh, I forgot. <laughs> Spaced out there for a minute, pal. Uh, uh, yeah. I was drinking the water. It's delicious. It's that jogger's brain you got going there. Uh, yeah. I've never done a, a podcast with a jogger before. I'm seeing some differences here. Well, you know, Dennis, I prefer to think of myself not as a jogger, but as a runner. Okay. I'm a runner. All right, uh, Dennis? A runner. That's what I am. A runner, as an Olympic runner. Okay. How's it going, everyone? A lot to unpack. All right. So let's just get right into it. Springfield politician. Phyllis, you missed your opportunity. Sorry. That was oh, like 10 Phyllis. minutes ago. <laughs> Come on, Phyllis. Got to get. We have a quicker on a draw. Come on, Phyllis. We do have a 2022 Illinois primary candidate update. Well, I say we have one, but we have many. All right. But first, a political poll recently came out, one involving our Illinois governor. Big problems become big problems yeah. when you let small problems sit. It's funny you say that, JB, because while your walk through the primary seems like a brisk one, a new poll is showing that you could be having a fight on your hands, along with some other Democrats. A poll was floated showing Governor J.B. Pritzker facing suburban headwinds, even trailing Republican governor candidates Richard Irvin and Darren Bailey, a.k.a. DB, a.k.a. the big feller, whatever big calls him. <laughs> oh, by the way, an update on uh, Hog Farm Gate coming up on the show. All right. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't know about shout this. Out to Mike, about shout this out to Michael show. Girardi. Shout out to Michael Girardi. He did okay. some uh, deep diving. Michael Girardi, when we get to uh, the city council, remind me to talk about Michael Girardi's scoop. Go ahead. Okay. Let's just start over. A poll was floated showing Governor J.B. Pritzker facing suburban headwinds, even trailing Republican governor candidates Richard Irvin and D.B., the big feller, Darren Bailey. Problem is, there was no explanation about which suburb was polled, and a source familiar with the data tells Shia Campos and Illinois Politico that the burb wasn't Cook County, but conservative in swing district areas where House Dems are trying to gain traction. And as been brilliantly displayed this week, that did not prevent the gulp lawmakers had. Ben, you did a great impression of a gulp this week on this story. Can we hear yes. it again? Oh. That's good stuff. Hey, come on, BZ. Come on, BZ. Watch one more time for BZ. Here we go. <laughs> oh, we are never going to that place. Oh, Lord. The poll, which was first reported by Capital Facts blog, was conducted by Tolchin Research. The poll also addressed issues of concern, the top item being crime. Uh, others familiar with the poll say House Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch was trying to light a fire under Democrats to get them on the campaign trail by showing that no contest can be taken for granted. He asked his caucus to keep the numbers private, which didn't go so well. A House Democrat spokesperson uh, did not respond to a request for comment. The poll's data created such a kerfuffle that a separate, unrelated survey was made public to show folks that Pritzker is doing just fine in the northern suburbs. In that poll, conducted by Personal Pack, shout out to Terry Cosgrove. DC. DC, put on your big boy pants. <laughs> it needs to be like a rap song with it. All right, uh, respondents from Lake, Kendall, Kane, DeKalb, McHenry counties were asked a range of questions, including whether they approved of President Joe Biden, 
47% said yes, and 45% said no, and whether they approved of Pritzker. 48% said yes, while 42% said no. Yes. Uh, so I believe that uh, it's good for the Democrats to be worried. Uh, and I believe that Chris Welch put this poll out. Oh, he's a very smart man, that Chris Welch, uh, the uh, Speaker of the House. Put that poll out to light a fire on the Democrats, uh, as uh, Dennis said. And as soon as he said it, I had three versions of that song pop into my mind and a battle broke out. Which oh. one is the best? Come Bobby on, baby, Womack? light my fire by the doors. Yes. No, but I think, uh, yes, it was originally done by The Doors, originally written by Jim Morrison, as you know. But I prefer the Jose Feliciano version. And now number two is the Bobby Womack version. There you go. Uh, tangent with it. The Jose Feliciano version is the one that, of course, is played in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one of Dennis's favorite movies. Uh, anyway, so, yes, it was to light a, a fire under the Democrats so they don't fall asleep. Democrats are always in danger of falling asleep. Uh, they get lazy. They're not as fired up as MAGA, D. MAGA is just always fired up about something. If it could, you know, the, the, the crime, trans rights, um, Katanji Brown Jackson. If you're prosecuting any of the um, insurrectionists, being mean to Ginny Thomas, the wife of Clarence Thomas, who now it turns out was swapping emails or with uh, Donald Trump's chief of staff while the insurrection was being planned. And uh, Clarence Thomas is not recusing himself on matters of whether to turn over the records. These are things that MAGA gets fired up about. So they want every single aspect of Katanji, Katanji Brown Jackson's career brought out into the open. But they don't want to bring out in the open the emails exchanged between Ginny Thomas and Mark Meadows. See, that the thing is about MAGA they want openness and transparency when it makes Democrats look bad, but they don't want it when it makes them look bad. And then they get fired up and angry no matter how it goes. We're, meanwhile, Democrats, this is the Democrats of Illinois. Come on, wake up, Dems. Bunch of sleepy heads. God dang. You know what the problem with the Dems are, D? They're listening to WBZ too much. Uh, uh, yes, uh, that's a <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean to do that. So I, I am I, I'm I hope Dems take this as a wake up call, but knowing my beloved Democrats, D, they will be sleeping until roughly mid October and they'll be like, Oh, wait a minute. There's an election coming up. I could just hear so many Dems from the north side of Chicago. Ben, are you aware that there's an election coming up? <laughs> no, I've only been talking about it for the last two years. Funny you should mention it. So anyway, D, yes, I believe that was an attempt by Chris Welch to wake up the party. Will it work? I doubt it. And what do you think of those numbers there? No, uh, 48 percent uh, approve of Pritzker, 42. No. Were you surprised by those okay. numbers? Or no, no, I'm not. Well, have you seen these polls? Yeah, they're... these are not like the polls. Uh, my wife got one of these polls. They're now um, text messaging polls or internet polls, email polls, they're unbelievable. The SAT was easier than these polls. My <laughs> wife got one about the uh, re the ward remap. She like quit. She goes, I can't do this anymore. She gave it to me to do it. I'm like, I know this stuff. And this is like, it was like, we're like, it was an essay. It was one, one question shy of write an essay on what you think. I'm like, God, you know what the problem is? They can't get access to anybody by a phone. So yeah. now they're doing these 
email text messaging polls. <laughs> They're really hard. So really, D, the, I don't trust any of those polls, be honest with you. And if so, if I'm J.B. Pritzker, I'm taking it f- the, from the notion that it's zero zero, and you got to win the game. So don't go get all lazy and cocky and confident and arrogant, J.B., all right. Don't listen to what all those your insiders tell JP, you're the greatest per- governor we've ever had. We love you. You know, you start listening to that stuff. You know, you, you know what? I hate to say it. You got to learn a lesson from Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Oh, got to be able to throw an elbow. She got Arnie Duncan out of that. I can't still can't believe how quick that was. Remember, Arnie Duncan, I said this about Arnie Duncan, the basketball player, but it's apparently he's more of a jump shooter. He likes to go outside. Maybe a three-point line is his place. You know, he doesn't like to go inside. Meanwhile, Lori Lightfoot, who's much shorter, she likes to park herself down low, throw an elbow. Arnie's like, you know, I think I'll go back to corporate Chicago. It's much safer. So, uh, yeah, JB, take a page from Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, especially with the pandemic, you know, like so much crazy stuff went down, Uh, you know, like, People lost their businesses downstate and things like that. Sure, maybe Pritzker, you know, didn't have anything to do with it, but they probably think that. You know what I mean? It's just who knows. Well, you you're the one who told me. I got this from my man. I would see one of the great things about our show. We had a, we've had a correspondent downstate for three years, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I go, he's always going downstate. It's going downstate next week, right? Aaron's uh, going down. Yeah, here. my mom's birthday is next week. Yeah. So. Uh, so he'll be going downstate. And oh, and be, uh, uh, a WrestleMania party, too. So. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. Oh, God. <laughs> B-E-Z, he's just doing it because it's ironic, okay? He's not really into wrestling. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> wrestling, how ironic. Um, <laughs> do you you got to pretend you're smoking a pipe. How ironic. Um but where was I? Oh, yeah. So you, for three years, I've been hearing about how unpopular J.B. Pritzker is downstate. So they're just pretty much, I feel, writing off downstate. The reason they're concentrating on those suburban sites is that they're hoping that the suburbs overcomes the hatred, which I think is irrational. Sorry, downstaters. Bruce Rauner didn't do anything for you. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to tell you something that no one downstate will tell you because no one talks truth to you downstate. It's irrational the hate you have for JB Pritzker. Just say it. Like the, when, when, when Rauner went on that downstate radio show, talked about, I'm against marijuana. <laughs> and you were like, all you downstaters, yeah, I'm against marijuana, but you just smoked it last night. Oh, yeah. So it's very irrational, downstaters. You really can't find three things in your life different because J.B. Pritzker is governor, okay, than would have existed if he wasn't governor. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I think I think Pritzker did a great job during the pandemic and uh, with the mitigations and all that. I think he did about as good as anyone could do. But I think you're crazy to think that there's people out there who disagree with that, who may be Democrats and then maybe lost their business during all this, and they're like, you know what? I'm not going to vote. You know what I mean? Like, that has to be out there, right? Listen, I'm sure there's somebody who lost his business. I know my wife's business really suffered uh, during the pandemic, and I also know uh, that the federal government stepped in and sent checks to a lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's a lot of businesses downstate that took advantage of that federal money and are still going to vote for for the Republican. So you took the Democrats' money, and you're going to vote Republican. 
It's not about logic. It's not about losing your business. It's not about anything other than your hatred. At least I acknowledge my biases, people, okay? You're motivated by things. I saw this in 2019. Dr. D would show me. We'd be sitting on the ah, the good old days when we take the train. Remember, D? Oh, yeah. We'd sit on the train. You go, look, look at this. You'd be showing me your Facebook feeds. It's all these Pritzker suck stuff. I go, the guy's been barely governor for a year, and there was no pandemic. Nobody had lost their job. They don't like the big fella. I don't know why. So what's scary about this poll from Pittsburgh's uh, perspective, he knows he's not getting a downstate vote. You're right, D. DP will get that downstate vote. Mm-hmm. Ray Biden will get that downstate Whoever the nominee is. But he needs that suburban vote. So they're saying, hey, suburban's going the other way. Wake up, Dems. Yeah, you better wake up, Dem. Wake up. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. Oh, Sorry. whoa. That was a throwback. <laughs> Like every song you sing. <laughs> Very interesting. And these poll, these poor poll companies, they don't know how to do anything else but make polls. So what are they going to do? A poll on if polls work? Oh, my God. They're just stuck. They're just in a, no, trapped in the seen, universe. T, have you seen one of the new polls? Have, have you no. or, or anybody in your life? Oh, my God. They're really hard. I'm telling you. I think the med, uh, the LSAT, the law school tests are easier than these polls. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. In other Pritzker news, Crane's Chicago Business Magazine posted a great story. Well, it seemed great, but I couldn't read it because of a stupid paywall. But the headline reads, Pritzker distancing himself from Kim Fox this week as Irvin goes on attack. The Cook County State's attorney becomes an issue in the governor's race, and both are taking shots at her plan to release some prisoners early. We're going to have to wait for that story to come out for free, I guess. But until then, it does raise an interesting question moving in this election year. Ben, I'll ask you. Politically speaking, and in regards to his election campaign, does Governor J.B. Pritzker support or oppose Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox? He's going to pretend she doesn't exist. Okay. He's going to do everything he can to pretend she doesn't exist. Because clearly, clearly the Republicans figured out that Kim Fox is sort of replacing. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Who's more useful to the Republican uh, hit campaigns, Kim Fox or Michael Joseph Madigan. Who is more inflammatory in the minds of swing voters? Who's scarier? Who upsets them more? Kim Fox or Michael Joseph Madigan? If you're a housewife in DuPage County, if you're an earnest husband of housewife going off to work all every day. Remember what I told you with Fox TV, their, their mantra is you get grandpa angry and you get grandma scared. So who will get you angrier and more frightened? Michael Joseph Madigan or Kim Fox? Go. I I tell you, it seems like they're both equally as damaging. I'm not trying to duck and dodge here, but that is a duck. But listen to me here. It's like different demographics, right? It's like almost like a a two headed horse or whatever you say. I don't know. But it's like, you know, like you got one. It's like national news with the with the Jussie Smollett. And then those people may not even know what who Madigan is because they just follow national news. Right. So you got that. And then you got the local nerds. Such as yourself <laughs> with the Madigan thing, you know what I mean? It's like a double, yeah. 
That's, uh, that's it, bad. It's a double whammy. That's bad. Yeah. So uh, they're going to use them both. So, <laughs> folks, just, just so you know, they're, it's not going to go like dropping Madigan. You know, <laughs> they're going to still use them. Oh, unless, yeah. Ma- unless Madigan follows my advice, which I've been urging him to do for about two years now, D, and that is to go blago and endorse Trump and become MAGA and just, you know, start denouncing the federal uh, witch hunt by prosecutors who have political ambitions and motivations and say, I've seen the light and I am now a Donald Trump supporter. That's what you got to do, Michael Joseph Madigan. I told you to do it. All of a sudden, overnight, Trump would be supporting you. Blago would be supporting you. You could have little, uh, oh, Darren Bailey would come to your aid. Suddenly, everything would be reversed. Maybe Kim Fox should think about that, D. Ever think of that? Kim Fox suddenly just saying, I've decided to endorse Trump. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, so neither I think is that Kim interview. Fox is going to be a very... Um, uh, how do I put this useful uh, tool for the Republican party as they ex- distort, exaggerate uh, what she's done to scare the hell out of white people. That's their strategy. Operation scare white people. Kim Fox be scared. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's I'm the a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrat. That's right. Oh, the guy in the background. That's right. <laughs> like it just occurred to him. That's, that's right. Well, that's a good one. Uh, so, yes, D, I think uh, so. Uh, Pritzker is going to have to be wary. And by the way, I just, Kim Fox, I'm, the more I think about Justice Millett and my lefty friends go, Ben, I'm so sick and tired of you talking about Justice Millett. <laughs> I love talking about Justice Millett for many reasons. But one reason is how badly Kim Fox handled it. Just like really just it pains me, D, because what she was trying to do was so important. And get us to rethink just our whole criminal justice system. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, just because some black guy gets arrested doesn't mean he's guilty. Which MAGA seems to believe. Throw him in jail. Take away his rights. He doesn't need a lawyer. Uh, doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean he's guilty. I'm trying to get us to think about that. You know, think about it in a different way. And then what does she do? She ties herself to Jesse Smollett and allows Jesse Smollett to pretend as though he is quote unquote innocent. See, D, if she had just at the outset said, look, Jesse, you're going to have to fess up to this. You're going to get a suspended sentence. You can walk away. Just be just going to have to fess up to it or we're going to prosecute you. But no, <laughs> here we are. How many years later, D three years. Crazy. Right? And they're going to use it. They're going to use it. The Republicans are going to use it. They're not going to. And you're right. This is your, this is your point. It was a good one. It's not just going to be used in Chicago and uh, Cook County and downstate and Illinois, in other words, it's going to be used all over the country. Yeah. Ah, it's what they call in tennis an unforced error or basketball. Oh, that sounds way better than two headed horse or whatever I said. <laughs> what unforced header error? Yeah, that sounded two-headed. way better than that. Eh, just edit that out and have you say unforced error. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, you're a wizard <laughs> at the dial. He's <laughs> got this board, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, very small okay just imagine your keyboard and he's like ben i'm busy and he's like a, a bartender a mixologist whoa, whoa, mixing stuff up <laughs> next thing you know it's like wow i said i said that i sound brilliant can't get a two-headed horse out of my head right now okay we go to the challengers it's now time for a 2022 illinois primary election candidate update This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. 
badass stuff. I should never take a sip of water before you play that. <laughs> I always think it's a crow, but it's, he says it's an eagle, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's a crow. Uh, <laughs> it's an eagle. It's America. All right. The magic number is 96. 96 days until the Illinois primary election. Ben, can you believe it? I can't, I can't believe you figured that out. Did you actually figure that out or did you read that somewhere? Yeah, I read it was 99 a few days ago. So I just oh, did you some track. track. Yeah, you know. Did you read that in Shia's column? <laughs> yeah. We get absolutely everything from Shia Kapos. Well, when she goes takes a vacation, it's tough times here in the Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, my God, yeah. All right, to the challengers. The magic number is 96, by the way. 96 uh, days until the primary election. Holy cow, can't believe it. And here's something else you won't believe. Republican Illinois gubernatorial candidate Gary Rabine, congratulations, you made top billing on the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week's 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. Holy crap. Anything you'd like to say. Okay. Just put the ping pong paddle down, sir. Anything you'd like to say. Okay. Oh, no. He loves ping pong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> parking lots and ping pong. Gary Raybon. <laughs> I like parking lots and I like ping pong. That's my impression of you because I've never heard you talk, dude. Please get some audio out there. Probably sound nothing like that. The gubernatorial candidate made huge news uh, as this week he picks up the support of Michael Flynn. Yes, it's true. The retired U.S. Army general who served as a national security advisor for former President Donald Trump. Weird, right? Now, I'm sure Ray Bynes' first question when he heard the news, because, well, he's watched all his fellow gubernatorial hopefuls get it. His first question was, so, yeah, how much money is he given? Well, sadly, the answer is none. But this endorsement could give Ray Bynes the much-needed traction for his campaign. Uh, Flynn, who's he's not from Illinois, right? That's correct. <laughs> what does this guy do? I, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, I assume he's been in the state of Illinois at one time or another, but I... I uh... Do not know how he knows um, a Gary Rabine. Such so. a random endorsement here. But he says, today I proudly <laughs> endorse and pledge my full support to Gary Rabine for governor of Illinois. Our nation needs more leaders like Gary to step forward and serve. Gary is a self-made business success story, a man of principle, one hell of a ping pong player. He didn't put it. <laughs> integrity and passion for public service. He believes that the power of government is derived from the citizens and that individual freedoms are... Uh, Sacrosanct. Oh, wow. Big word. For Never. <laughs> Big word for Dennis there. <laughs> Gary's contributions to the, cons- <laughs> to the conservative movement are unequaled by any other candidate this election cycle. He does not just talk conservative. He takes action. As I said earlier, uh, this endorsement will mean something if it is an indication that uh, Donald Trump is going to weigh in and endorse Gary Rabine. And people are like, wait, Flynn was uh, pardoned by Trump. See, that's the connection, D. <laughs> Flynn got in trouble uh, being a flunky for Trump. And then uh, when he was facing serious, uh, what was it? It was accusations of lying to the FBI, I think it was. Uh, yeah, he was all set to cop a plea on that, if you, if you recall. Jim Coogan and I have been following this stuff. We've been talking about this stuff forever. So I remember when Flynn was all set to cop a plea and all of a sudden he dropped it. I probably, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know this for certain, but probably because Trump let him know, hey, you keep quiet, I'll pardon you. And sure enough, he got pardoned. It's like a mob. It is so mobster. I'll take care of you. Okay. 
just take a hit from me. Remember in uh, Godfather, the movie I now seen like 452 times uh, after Michael Corleone uh, killed the rival and the corrupt police officer, they um, f- flew him to Italy to chill out for a little while. That's kind of the equivalent Trump does. I'll take care. You do what I got to do. I'll take care. That's my mobster. <laughs> Joe Pesci imitation's terrible. Um, so anyway, yeah. So it means nothing, uh, in my humble opinion, D, unless it's a lead up to Donald John Trump. And I don't know. Can you, I don't see Trump endorsing Gary Ray. But first of all, he's going to really struggle with the pronunciation of the name. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Love last name should be Rabin. Should be Rabin. Frankly, should be Rabin. You know that your that your Trump petition was for a brief moment heading into Obama country. Oh, Trump as doing Obama. Whoa, that's just wild. By the way, you see the Trump sued. This is going to be a conversation we have next week. Uh, Jim Coogan and I are going to be all over this one. Donald Trump sued Hillary Clinton. Did you see that, D? Donald Trump sued Hillary Clinton. This one's so wild, folks. He said she, her campaign slandered him. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought all publicity is good publicity. He said her campaign slandered him and made people think that he was in cahoots with the Russians. Well, you were. <laughs> That's how you got elected. Anyway, uh, so that, I'm really going to be following that uh, lawsuit. Uh, I'm hoping... It makes it to the next stage uh, where they do uh, depositions because then Trump will have to answer questions under oath. My guess is, I don't know what he's up to. I guess he's got a lot of free time on his hand, aren't he? Still mad at Hillary. Oh, I'm going to get her. Going. I don't think Trump is going to uh, endorse uh, Gary Rabine. I believe he would uh, endorse uh, the hog farmer, DB. Don't you? I mean, he's <laughs> Darren Bay has been carrying that water, bud. So I would hope so. I mean, come on, Donnie. This guy, Dennis is right. He's been carrying your water. <laughs> All right? Like they said, once upon a time in Hollywood, he's been carrying your load. For no charge. Yeah, for no charge. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I, I would, if I had to put money in Vegas or if I had to put money in a new casino coming into Chicago, get into that one a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would say uh, that Donnie would uh, endorse uh, D.B., before he endorses Ray Bine, in which case Flynn will flip-flop. Ooh, that, that's alliteration, Flynn flip-flops. And he will suddenly, all of a sudden, <laughs> pull his endorsement of Ray Bine. I'm jumping on the Trump bandwagon. <laughs> well, in other news, and while it's not top billing on this primary election segment, Republican gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey has made top billing on the June primary ballot. <laughs> it's a subject we love to talk about on this program. That time of the election when the people running really show you what they think about you. When they fight over the spot to be on the top of the ballot because you're too dumb to look down at the others. That is correct. The state senator from Southern Illinois was celebrating Wednesday after he won the lottery for the top spot on the June primary ballot for governor. Bailey on Twitter said, good news, dummies. He didn't put dummies. (laughs) Good news, dummies. Good news. We're first on the Republican primary ballot to fire J.B. Pritzker. He always feeling himself. Uh, so, yeah, your thoughts there. On the oh, top man. of the ballot. You stole my thunder. That's exactly my thoughts. I've been listening to rhetoric like this since the 80s. And every now and then, off the record conversations, strategists will tell me it's very important, Ben, in a low profile case to get that first ballot slot. And then they don't come right out and say, because the people are freaking morons, but that's sort of implied, you know, and, and I get in trouble with millennials 
the, you know, there's a long list of it will come on and chastise me for saying voters are dumb for saying a state evidence evidence. The city of Chicago reelected Rahm Emanuel in 2015. It doesn't get any more obvious that voters are like negligent, if you will, than Rahm Emanuel getting reelected. And all he had to do was put a sweater on and do a commercial. Thing. Oh, I'm okay. That sounds good. To me. That in Obama's endorsement. So, you know, I get in trouble with millennials for saying it. So I'm really trying not to say it. But guys, that's what they think of you. That's what the, the politicians and the strategists think. They think you're dumb. And they think, oh, I got the top billing. That's good for like 5% of the vote. Because someone's just going to look at the first name and go, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, God, this is so difficult. It's like the poll. <laughs> it's like me taking the poll about the ward remap. I can't do it anymore. No mas. I'm Roberto Duran. I throw my hands in the air. So, uh, yes, they think you're dumb, ladies and gentlemen. I hate to break the news. I hate to be the one to tell you that. Then I get in trouble for saying it because it's always the messenger that gets in trouble, D, right? You know, you're never going to hear anyone at WBEZ say that. They're never going to say the voters are dumb. <laughs> no, they're not. And I'm not going to do it anymore either. Guys, so... my resume's in there somewhere, BEZ. <laughs> Talk to me. Come on. Uh, it's there. It's been there like five times, you know? Yeah. I got a good reference. Ken Davis he used to work there. Yes. They should put a statue of Kenny D out in front because he created WBZ. I know you guys are on top of things right now. You're huge. You're great. You're sensational. All that. And I listen to you and I tease you, but I love a lot of your reporters. But come on. Kenny D started it back in the 80s. You got to show him some love, man. At least put a plaque up for Christ's sake. And put something up for Richard Steele, too, speaking of another Ben Jarofsky yeah. show. You know? That guy brought so much class to the outfit. Anyway, well, me weighing in with my opinions. Ben, oh, God. I, I got to ask you. He mm -hmm. had a, a $1 million endorsement a while back. Now he's on the top of the ballot. Are things turning up DB here or what? Uh, yeah, I believe that DB will win if he gets Trump's endorsement. Wow. There you go. Put that money in Vegas. Put that money down. Wow. I believe DB will win uh, if he gets Trump's endorsement. Without Trump's endorsement, He's up against a lot of TV commercials. And you remember what uh, Kenny G can do with TV commercials. He got Phyllis to convince all you dummies. Oh, wasn't supposed to call the voters dumb. <laughs> all you voters on the Northwest and Southwest sides to vote against your interests on the fair tax. So Kenny G is really good with those TV commercials. Uh, so uh, without Donald Trump's endorsement, I don't know. That's a battle. The real legit MAGA guy versus the made-up MAGA guy who's got all the money, the money MAGA guy. Money made-up MAGA guy? A lot of M's. <laughs> so uh, money made-up MAGA guy? My, oh, my. My, oh, my. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever in Anchorage, Alaska, can I just throw this out? To kind of let a cat out of the bag. <laughs> oh, let it out. Sure, why not? <laughs> you may, uh, Dennis, is he, he's really a dear friend to do this because he's got another job that pays the bills. Uh, and as such, he's like the on-air man in Anchorage, Alaska. I am not making this up. He's like, in the, when you guys are sleeping, he's <laughs> up at night. That's the sound of his typewriter. Writing news in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, <laughs> what's the latest, by the way, in Anchorage? Uh, Any breaking news? The Anchorage Daily News. They're doing a special election because uh, the oldest uh, feller, Don Young, 
You know, you've yeah, heard Don Young, the congressman. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, from Alaska. He passed away, and so now they're having to do all these crazy special elections to replace him. So, can I just say something? <laughs> the fact that I know who Don Young is. Well, he's old. <laughs> he's the oldest guy. I mean, I think you know. Oh, it takes one to know one. To know one to <laughs> can I name the other congressman up there? No. Uh, is there another congressman up there? Don't know. Yeah, there, there are. Um, I can't think of names. I know there's a uh, Lisa Murkowski. Lisa is Murkowski. A senator. senator Lisa Murkowski. Yep. Yes. I used to, man, guys, can I just say this? I was such a geek. I knew every senator. Yeah, this is, this is like about 1976. You could ask me, uh, Benny, who's the senator of Maine? <laughs> Margaret Chase. So, you know, I guess it's not that surprising. I know who Don Young is. Yeah. By the way, there was a Don Young who played center field for the Chicago Cubs back in the 1960s. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's the news in Anchorage, D. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, Anchorage Daily News, for real. I'm on there. It's a little short. It's like maybe like three, four minute segments of uh, the Daily News. Your Anchorage Daily News for Friday, March 25th. And one day, one of our listeners will somehow or other be listening, and they'll pick up on that. They'll be like, oh my oh, God. You're so funny. Oh. You can download it wherever you download podcasts. Go check it out on uh, whatever you download stuff. Same thing, same same way you find the Ben Jarowski show. Yes. Anyway, I just had a little shout out to Dennis. Uh, he's, I don't know how we got on that tangent. So go back to where we were. Either. Me uh, either. But, uh, uh, 10 trivia points. In Alaska. 10 trivia points. Name the governor of Alaska. Sarah Palin. Oh, no. It's Mike Dunleavy. Okay, here we go. Well, this is a follow up from last week. Uh, well, a follow up really from a question we've wondered for maybe almost a year. All right. Darren Bailey, we've always wondered Does he farm hogs? Is he a hog farmer? I think I've just mistakenly said it for about two years now. And it's turned into a nice long-running joke and a shout-out to the goat, Norm MacDonald. But we have asked, does he really farm hogs? Well, Ben, thanks to Michael Girardi, sent us an email, did some investigative work. No, he doesn't. That's not farm (laughs) hogs. Uh, Girardi puts here, Darren Bailey is not a hog farmer. He is a corn, wheat, and soybean farmer. I'm sorry I didn't tell you sooner, but I wanted you to, uh, I didn't want you to stop saying who's going to feed them hogs. (laughs) If you do not trust my research uh, that meets your journalistic standards, feel free to click the link below to fill out a job application to work for Bailey on his farm. And there is legit, I clicked on it, and yes, there is an application for (laughs) his farm. Michael Girardi will be coming on the show on April Fool's Day. I'm letting that cat out of the bag. And he will supposedly have a new song for us. Oh. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, Girardi, you better get that typewriter fired up because it's about a week away. I hear he's a deadline writer, D. Thursday night, late at night, he'll be up there with a cigarette dangling out of his <laughs> mouth, a cup of coffee steaming hot. His wife will be going, Mike, come to bed. No, oh, I got to write this song for that freaking show. Girardi, get back to work. By the way, he sent me a text yesterday. I got to give a shout out to Michael Girardi. This is a great text. And uh, so can I uh, read this text, D? Hold yes, on. Sir. Uh, it's your show, Ben. All right, hold on. Michael Girardi. Hold on now. Hey, bear with me. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, and so much more. Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com, or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Check out the Anchorage Daily News. Okay, here we go. So he uh, sent me a, a copy of a Gregory Pratt uh, tweet. By the way, I am now reading Gregory Pratt's tweets. He's got great Twitter feed, D. I feel very millennialistic. I'm only about 30 years behind the times. You'll 
Dennis's Twitter thing is quite interesting. So here's what Gregory Pratt uh, had to say about uh, 20 hours ago, I guess. I don't know when he said it. It was a while ago. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot called uh, Alderwoman Silvana Taberas, quote, a handmaiden of Mike Madigan, end of quote, in response to a question about a proposed ethics ordinance. Uh, and uh, Michael Girardi points out, if that's how uh, Chicago mayors truly feels, why doesn't she cancel Madigan's attorney Mike Casper's contract with the city? Uh, to be the architect of the backroom deal. <laughs> Very good point. Actually, I'm not even certain if Michael Girardi wrote that or if that's somebody responding to Greg Pratt's tweet. You know, I got to really learn about this Twitter stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a ways to go. It's hard. Uh, whoever wrote it, good point. <laughs> that's the whole thing about Madigan. Dems are all outraged now. But when, it, when he was around, they used every tool he had, including Casper. Michael Casper, the election lawyer that that uh, Michael Madigan employed for years to kick independents off the ballot or put uh, Michael Madigan supporters on the ballot. He worked both ways, D. So, yeah. Oh, they're outraged about Michael Madigan now. You should hear Lori Lightfoot go on and on. <laughs> I never heard one word out of her mouth bad about Michael Joseph Madigan in the 90s and the O's. Could have used a little help from corporate Chicago. Right, D? Could have used a little help in the fight against you know, big shot boss Democrats who are in cahoots with Republican landlords downtown. Not that one word. Just me and a few other marginal lefties complaining. That's it. So, yeah, Darren Bailey uh, does not farm hogs. <laughs> no, that's where we were. That's breaking news. Uh, but that will not stop Dennis uh, from using that gag. And by the way, D, I'm sorry. This would be a whole separate segment, but I'm going to have to disagree with you. What? Norm Macdonald is not the GOAT. Oh, my God. No way. Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Uh, Lenny Bruce. I I mean, the list goes on and on, youngster. Know your history, okay? I don't know. I know know those guys, too. But I got to say something about Norm Macdonald. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know know what? I want you to go watch uh, the Richard Pryor roast, which is so politically incorrect. Uh, Paul Moody, may he rest in peace wrote all the jokes in the Richard Pryor roast. I've actually like studied the Richard Pryor roast, watched it many, too, too many times. Robin Williams shows up. Does Robert, it's like early Robin Williams from the seventies folks. I urge everybody to watch it. And you watch that and tell me Richard Pryor's not the greatest of all time. Just throw that out there. Okay. D. All right. Well, I think we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I've never said that in my life to anyone. All right. I've said it a million times. <laughs> hey, moving on. Republican gubernatorial hopeful Richard Irvin. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Yeah, like 96 days, brother. <laughs> I love that bit. Flannery, great job, man. That was just great reporting uh, with the Richard Irvin interview. Concerns about crime and about Illinois' controversial policing reform law are a big part of the campaign of Republican candidate for governor Richard Irvin. The Chicago Tribune reported that before Richard Irvin entered the Republican gubernatorial primary race, he appeared to praise the police reform legislation and expressed agreement with its goals. As Aurora mayor, Irvin sent a letter to one of the bill's Democratic sponsors congratulating him on his leadership in getting the SAFE-T Act passed. Irvin said in the letter that having a well-trained or having well-trained officers working hand in hand with community members is the only way to create a safe community. The letter also uh, made some suggestions for modifications 
to the law. Ben, this does not sound like the Mr. Tough Guy we've been hearing about these no. last couple of months, does it? No, what a phony. What a phony. And really, this this really grinds my gears, <laughs> to quote somebody who we will not mention. Uh, and uh, I give a shout out to Jim Coogan. He was the one who first sent me this story. It was in the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Jim Coogan will be a guest on Tuesday, and we are going to take the deep dive on Clarence Thomas and Jenny Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. The Cougar. Wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this what a fraud. Okay, guys, Richard Irvin, mayor of Aurora, is basically a Democrat. He's basically a centrist Democrat. Uh, and uh, he's also a black man in America who understands the history, the often tortured history between law enforcement and ordinary black citizens. And the fact that many black people go into policing. Katanji Brown Jackson, for instance, who uh, Ted Cruz tried to bash uh, as uh, soft on crime and anti-police. Her freaking father and brother, D, were cops. It's, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's it's so twisted what Republicans are doing. Uh, and uh, Richard Irvin has, like, cut a deal with the devil in this one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and he's, if he's going to take Kenny G's money and use that money to uh, lead the Republican pack, uh, he has to go full MAGA. And that means throwing away every principle he had that got him to this point in life. He was a criminal defense lawyer. And now he's just, what, deriding criminal defense lawyers as confederates, if you will, of criminals. Just a, It's just fraudulent. And it really makes it difficult. This is what I say to my lefty friends, but the far lefty friends who tell me there's no difference between Dems and Republicans. It really makes it difficult for anybody like a Kim Fox, who even like tries to reform the system, to come up with a reform. Because this is what you're up against. Your so-called allies. He wrote a letter. I think it was L.G. Sims. He wrote the letter to L.G. Sims, the Chicago legislator, thanking him, praising him. And now he's bashing the law. This is what got Mark Wing in trouble, by the way. Go back to my column with Fraternal Order of Police, John Catanzara. Catanzara uh, is trying to get all the era, the uh, legislators in Mark Wick's area to endorse the Fraternal Order of Police candidate against him because Mark voted for the criminal justice bill. It's not working. But this is where the Republicans are going. So you cannot have... You cannot have an honest debate with Republicans on criminal justice issues because it's all about just lock everybody up, whether they're guilty or innocent, unless, of course, it's us, in which case we have full rights to lawyers, delays, judges that rule in our favor. So, yeah, D, absolutely fraudulent. And uh, would I vote for if I had a vote in the Republican? Oh, here's a nightmare. Let's say let's say it's a movie. And I had to, for whatever reason, they were holding you hostage, D. They kidnapped you. Uh-huh. And they go, to get Dennis out of jail, you have to vote in the Republican primary. Whoa. The premise is, I have to prove that I voted in the Republican primary, and then they release you from jail. Who do I vote for? <laughs> what a what a premise of a show. Please just save me. <laughs> I would, to save you, I would vote in the Republican primary, okay? Thank you. So. Um, who would I vote for? Would I vote for Irvin, the fraud, or uh, DB, the true believer? Hmm. Or Shemp, or Rabine, or Mancow. Oh, wait, Mancow's not running. Sullivan, you got Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the California Sullivan. 
I don't know who I'd vote for, D. Oh, that's a tough one. But I would do it to save you. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Now to the Secretary of State race. The Democratic battle continues. Who will be in the general election? Will it be Anna Valencia, who sounds nothing like Barack Obama? Or <laughs> Alexei Genulius, who, well... In many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. Alexei has released a new video. I have it right here in what he's calling an introduction video. I mean... <laughs> I feel like we've known him for quite some time. Secretary of State candidate Alexei Janulius says he'll toughen ethics laws, modernize the office to avoid the wait times for government services and protect voting rights. And he says if he doesn't live up to his improvements every year, he promises he won't run for re-election. Whoa. Let's hear the video. Like to hear it? Here it go. Hello, Illinois. Hey. My name is Alexei Janulius. I had the honor of serving most of you as state treasurer over a decade ago. And today, as one of my favorite artists, Jay-Z, says, allow me to reintroduce myself. When I first ran for office in 2006, I was motivated by my mentor and friend, Barack Obama. We can but I've it. always been inspired, truly inspired by my parents, immigrants who came to this country with nothing. I love Illinois. Its communities, its teachers, its basketball courts all made me who I am today. Now, I love Illinois for the most important reason of all. It is home to my children. My wife and I are committed to our state, to raising our children here, and that is what is motivating me to enter public service once again. After an amazing 24-year run, Secretary Jesse White is retired. So Illinois not only has the opportunity to elect a new Secretary of State for the first time in a generation, but also the first ever post-COVID Secretary of State. All right, that's, uh, yeah, you get it. He uh, didn't sound that much like Barack Obama. By the way, the Jay-Z thing at the start, you think that's going to get him votes? I don't... <laughs> Phil, look, ask Phyllis if that's going to motivate her. I, feel, I, feel like, I like Jay-Z. I feel like research shows that it may have worked for Obama. So I think he's mentioned Jay-Z before as well. Who? Time out. Obama mentioned yeah, him? Yeah, I or, believe uh, so. I believe Obama's mentioned Jay-Z before. Well, when Obama was uh, sworn in uh, as president in 2008, uh, and um, at his inauguration party, I'm not making this up, Jay-Z performed. And <clears throat> I will now show you my command of Jay-Z's uh, songs. Uh, he sang Wait, did you call him Jay-Z? Jay-Z? Are you calling him Jay-Z? Like a like C? <laughs> Jay-Z. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sounded like you were saying Jay-Z, like Jay-Z Penny. No. <laughs> Jay-Z, the great rapper. Uh, this is the only Jay-Z uh, song that I know. I got 99 problems, and, but uh, and then instead of saying what he says, he says, but uh, Bush ain't one. <laughs> right, Get it? Because yeah, yeah. George Bush had just been ushered out. I thought it was, you know, maybe it wasn't a good idea. You're supposed to be above <laughs> it all. Uh, and Obama was like, I will not do my imitation of Obama chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what you didn't see in that speech was this uh, guy in the corner, Alexi Genuilis, just sitting there, crouched down, taking notes. All right. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's it. By the way, and I'm going to take issue with something you said at the introduction. Oh. Who's going to win, Alexi or Anna Valencia? Uh, there's a third Democrat in that race who has been on this show twice. The alderman of the 17th Ward in the city of Chicago. My apologies. David Moore. Mr. All right, Moore. ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Moore, my apologies. Yes. I got Mr. Moore. You don't worry. I think Dr. D's going to vote for you. Because uh, we love you very dearly on the Ben Jarofsky show. So there's a third. 
Now, you may not hear that on other radio stations or podcasts, but there is a third candidate in the race. He maybe doesn't have the money uh, to compete for advertising, but uh, David Moore, I think, is a, a strong candidate, in my humble opinion, D. Just and, had to say that. And you said you didn't hear the Obama in that video. I totally heard it. Did you? Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. All right, don't play it again. Just I'll take oh, your word at it. No, no, no. So thoughts on that video. What would you think of that video, Ben? Well, so I didn't see the video, so I don't know what was going on. I just heard the video. Yeah, you know, I, was, I thought it was pretty good. I think a lot of people will see that video and go, oh, I'll vote for this guy. Um, you know, and the basketball thing. Did they show him playing basketball? Uh, I think. Uh, showed him, you know, he looked very active. I know that yeah. much. He's a, he's a great basketball player, as an Ernie uh, Duncan. Uh, but if he got in that Chicago mayoral race, he'd be suddenly shooting three-pointers. They're not going down low at Lori Lightfoot. Bam! Oh, an elbow! God damn! Lori Lightfoot does not play around, folks. But hey. So, uh, yeah, he'd be a jump shooter uh, if he was running in Chicago. Uh, but uh, uh, I found myself doing Obama. Uh, but he's a really good basketball player. He's like a legit basketball player. I've I've seen his game, and he's pretty good. Barack Obama would like to weigh in on uh, what you had to say there. In many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. And there it was, a 2022 <laughs> Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. All right. Moving on to the city of Chicago. This week marked a meeting of the mayors. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot met up with another big time mayor. And no, I'm not talking about the mayor from Rock Island. Update Rock Island. So we have Thursday night groove concert. Get your groove on with the class of 82. In fact, there's a chance that guy's not even mayor anymore. We've been playing that for years. <laughs> I love that bit. I haven't heard that one in a while. Get your groove on. One of my favorites. Not sure why. No, in fact, New York City Mayor Eric Adams was in town this week. And he seemed to walk back the criticism he hurled at Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot recently about her handling of mask mandates in schools and instead focused on their shared challenge, fighting crime. The two mayors stood side by side at a hastily called press conference in Chicago City Hall on Friday, vowing to work together to stop the flow of illegal guns in their cities. They met for nearly 40 minutes in Lightfoot's fifth floor office. Adams had announced a meeting with Lightfoot before the two staffs nailed down specifics. Lightfoot had returned late Thursday from a political fundraising trip in Miami and reworked her schedule for Adams' unexpected visit. Yeah, I... Um Got a lot of thoughts about Eric Adams. I follow folks as if I don't have enough stuff to do uh, here following Chicago, following Illinois, following Trump. I kind of have a soft spot for New York City mayoral politics. I'm not sure why. So I've been following uh, Eric Adams in this one, uh, D. And uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of similarities between Eric Adams and Lori Lightfoot, gener- uh, definitely in their background. Uh, he comes from uh, – he was a police officer, and uh, he was – more or less affiliated with the sort of the left side of the Democratic Party uh, when he first got into politics. He was the president of Brooklyn Borough. And then he used his position as a police officer to sort of redefine himself uh, as a law and order Democrat, whereas Lori Lightfoot, if you recall, ran as a police reformer and she came from corporate Chicago. Uh, So there's some differences in how they emerged at this position. But I'm watching him, D, and uh, the one – I just got to talk about this. This is a, probably of no interest to anybody who's not an NBA fan. 
But uh, they have a, a prohibition. They had a prohibition in New York City against professional athletes uh, playing if they weren't vaccinated. I don't know if you're following this, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, uh, Kyrie Irving, who's one of the great uh, guards in the NBA, could not play for the Brooklyn Nets in their home games. Okay, so he could play like if Brooklyn was playing in Philadelphia against the Sixers, he could play. But if the Sixers are playing Brooklyn in uh, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, he couldn't play. Do you understand that? Everybody in sports, but I think you understood. it. Uh, and so ever since Eric Adams ha- was sworn in, the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets have been lobbying him to try to lift the ban. And he hadn't lifted the ban. Uh, and uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, he announced that he was lifting the ban uh, just in time. Coincidence, coincidence. Uh, how convenient for the playoffs. So Kyrie Irving will get to play in all the games. And he swears up and down that the intensive lobbying, guy would have a field day covering New York politics, the intensive lobbying by uh, former elected officials in New York who are now are lobbyists had nothing to do with it. He studied the science, D. He he was like there were with Dr. Awadi and Lori Lightfoot when they were in Chicago. You think they were talking about crime? No, they were studying the science, Dennis. They were like looking at tables about COVID transmissions. Go, hmm, what do you think, Mayor Lightfoot? Should I let Kyrie Irving play? And uh, I guess you know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's not much of a Bulls fan because she said, sure. I don't, I just made all that up. Anyway. Thank God. <laughs> science is back, baby. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, but it's opened up a can of worms because Kyrie Irving gets to immediately go back and play home games for Brooklyn Nets. However, follow me in this, folks. We're going to take the deep dive into New York politics. There's city workers who've lost their jobs because they didn't get the vaccine. And they want to get their jobs back. They want to be treated like Kyrie Irving. Like they Coincidentally, they don't have any former officials lobbying on their behalf. <laughs> uh-uh, out of luck. They interviewed some uh, school teacher uh, in the paper who said, uh, when Kyrie decided to not get vaccinated and was willing to take a stand for it in the beginning, I was very, very grateful because he had notoriety that no teacher is ever going to have. <laughs> but Mr. Irving doesn't do more important work than I do, she said. Well, apparently, school teacher, the mayor of New York disagrees with you. I think he. Th- I think most Brooklyn Net fans, would, if asked, who does more important work, New York City public school teacher, or one of the best guards in the NBA? <laughs> I'm with the teacher. I'm with you, teacher. But I would definitely be a minority. Uh, in New York City, that is for sure. So, yeah, Eric Adams, D.I., you know, I'd say he bent in the wind, a little pressure, playoffs coming on, want to want the Nets to make a run, the Knicks aren't going anywhere, Bring a, you know, you get to, maybe there's going to be a championship, you get to ride in the parade, make sure you're distancing yourself from Kyrie Irving, though, because by then, I'm sure COVID will have returned. Anyway, that's just a little something about Eric Adams, D, that you probably did not know about. In other Lightfoot news, when it comes to creating catchy, successful public service campaigns, well, she's no J.B. Pritzker. Face coverings. On Monday, 
Lightfoot unveiled a campaign to welcome back tourists and business travelers returning to O'Hare and Midway Airport in droves and encourage them to experience Chicago's strength. 26 public beaches and no sharks, hundreds of public parks, iconic museums, and the world-renowned Chicago hot dogs sold at countless stands. The new campaign will be featured on TV monitor screens and banners throughout O'Hare and Midway airports under a more straightforward slogan, what we're made of. During a press conference, Lightfoot failed to mention the Chicago Not in Chicago debacle devised by Energy BBDO. Apparently a slogan so bad that even this show didn't find it as bottom of the barrel material and poke fun at it. I don't even remember. Ben, do you remember uh, the Chicago Not in Chicago campaign? Yeah, I do. And it was just so easy. You know, I figured... Uh, you know, let let WBZ handle that one, right? You know what I'm saying, D? We let 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 let's, let the other guys handle that. We didn't even. It's like, yeah, it's so easy. That's you talk about just like, it's not even a low hanging piece of fruit. It's on the ground. You know what I mean? You got the rest of you guys. You handle that. One. So yeah, we didn't talk about it, and I'm not going to talk about it now. It's, well, what about this new one? That's I, here's my thing, if I may, okay? Because I, I I read the news accounts of that. I just had a shit as a guy who has dedicated the last 40 years of my existence to trying to force the city, really 30 years I've been doing this uh, in terms of this particular story uh, to force the city to more equitably distribute economic development money. I find it profoundly ironic, cruelly ironic that mayor Lori Lightfoot and the city leaders, the corporate leaders and civic leaders of this town would chastise tourists sort of, you come to Chicago, yeah, it's okay to go to Navy Pier. It's okay to go to the Loop. But you go to our other neighborhoods. You should go to the outlying neighborhoods and see what, what the rest we have in Chicago. Oh, they should go to the areas that you guys neglect, that are underserved, that don't get their streets paved. Do you know how, many t- how much money is being spent paving streets and preparing the near north side of Chicago for Lincoln Yards? Over $1.3 billion, my friends. Okay. And they just committed $3.5 million for another development deal out there. But instead, she wants you to go to areas where you have to dodge potholes, and that's the least of it? The city doesn't invest in those communities. Why would any tourists go there? You don't go there. The city of Chicago's tax dollars don't go there. See, don't get me started. I remember uh, the first time I met David Moore. We drove around the 17th Ward. We were talking about TIF funds. His neighborhood is like poster board for the neighbor, the community that should get TIF funds. And it wasn't getting TIF funds. Why? Because the whole program is flawed to benefit wealthy neighborhoods. So I just thought that was painfully ironic, D, that the powers that be in the city who enforce a system that favor the wealthy over the poor would tell tourists, oh, go to the neighborhoods that we don't invest in. Just saying, D, how to get that off my chest. Thank goodness. I'm so glad you did. All right. Up next, Ben, hit the lights and pass me a bag of Doritos, could you please? Okay. Thank you very much. A mayor and her alderman. That's right. It's time for everybody's favorite Chicago political daytime soap opera, A Mayor and Her Alderman. This week, we meet a new alderman and a new character on a mayor and her alderman. It's the new 11th Ward alderman, and no, their name's not Dennis. I tried. It was really hard. It's Nicole Lee. 
the first Chinese-American to serve as alderperson for the city of Chicago. Ben, what do we know about Nicole Lee? Well, we know that she comes from a family that's well-connected uh, in Chinatown, that she herself uh, grew up in Chinatown, and uh, that she was on the local school council. So I think it was a great appointment in terms of somebody who knows the community uh, that she will be serving. So it's her, she's a rookie. She's never served office before. She comes from corporate Chicago, very similar to Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and she made a joke, which I don't think, just I'm throwing this out there, I don't think any alderman or mayor should make, Uh-oh. which is I had to take a pay cut to take this job. An alderman get like 120 grand a year, D. And just speaking as a guy who, <laughs> I don't even want to tell you how broke I'm. Just the point is, is that most people in Chicago don't make anywhere close to 120,000. So when you say like I had to take a pay cut to take this job, like this is a big sacrifice, you know, I, I, to quote Ken Davis, yeah. Like me, I was going to try to get that gig. That's a lot of money. I, I put a loan down on a car, and I was yeah. like, well, then they said I couldn't do it, so I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, just saying, just as a starting point. Just a, And then Lori Lightfoot goes, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, very unrelatable. Oh, there we go. Very it's, unrelatable. Yeah. So, uh, but, the, you know, uh, so good for her. Congratulations. And, um, you know, she hasn't announced whether she's going to. This is just to fill out the term for Patrick Daly Thompson. Dennis's favorite alderman who had to uh, step down after he was convicted in a uh, corruption case. PDT, Boy, that's forgotten. my dude. And uh, so, yeah, so they moved on and everybody's happy. New alderman in the 11th Ward, so good for that. <laughs> Nicole Lee paid homage in a quiet way to the family most associated with the ward, the Dailies. Lee said, quote, in the 11th Ward, we're grinders and winning ugly. We're proud of where we're raised. Bridgeport strong. Okay, that's, uh, I, I know where you, you read that somewhere because I read the same sentence. I just wanted to say this. That is nothing to do, grinders and winning ugly is nothing to do with daily. It's, it's a slogan from the White Sox, the Chicago White Sox. So she's showing her Bridgeport roots by alluding to the White Sox, not the dailies. The dailies uh. never said they were winning ugly. They didn't win ugly. Winning ugly is when you use all the tricks of the trade to sneak out a win over an opponent that's better than you. That's winning ugly. And then you sort of shrug and go, hey, a win's a win. We'll take it. Daly crushed everyone. <laughs> he, he owned this city. He didn't ever want to win ugly. I mean, it may have been ugly the way he ruled the city. Gat, you know, ruling ugly. That may be the – it's not a slogan I want to uh, to make, but he never won ugly. He wasn't a grinder. Grinders are people who have to work hard. Un, uh, overachievers. Daly – was like born on third base. He's not an overachiever. It's like when everybody bow down to the name Daly, they're still bowing down to the name Daly in some places. So I, I don't. I read that thing. I'm like, come on. This is why. One more time. Every news reporter in Chicago should be required to take a seminar on sports. I just believe it, D. Everybody make fun of me because I'm so obsessed with sports. But uh oh, I'm overcome. Kenny Davis. It's winning ugly is not a daily slogan. It's a White Sox slogan. There you go. Well, Had to get that off my chest. If you couldn't tell, off on a bad foot with Ben Jarofsky, this new older woman. No, it wasn't <laughs> her. It was some reporter that wrote that. And I'll say this: uh, her father 
work for the dailies richard m daly is that part of your report coming up d did i step on your toes no no but uh alongside uh winning ugly lee's priority list picking up trash <laughs> keeping street lights on neighborhood policing uh was the same mantra for management under former mayor richard m daly and at least what that's so funny like yeah it's the basics and at least in some neighborhoods for the late mayor richard jaley too yeah. uh john daly the cook county commissioner and 11th board committeeman was on hand to congratulate lee daly said quote the mayor made a great selection nicole has a very good understanding of what it is to live in the community uh, not so much winning ugly, but she's got common sense. She knows people <laughs> want basic service. It's about garbage lights and better policing. That's a basic 101 understanding of what an older person should be, and she's got it. All right, just think about that, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what they're trying to do with the city council. Now, I don't know uh, what kind of older woman uh, Nicole Lee will turn out to be. Maybe she'll become the, the second coming of Leon Dupre. But they're essentially saying, deal with potholes deal with garbage uh, and uh, show up at community meetings and shut up about everything else. Let us free to do whatever we want. And don't be a legislator, be an overseer. Be the guy that answers the phone when people call to complain. That's what you are. Let us do the heavy lifting. And I'm like, wow, what an attitude. You got all these... Uh, lefty aldermen, democratic socialist aldermen, progressive aldermen. And then on the other side, you got MAGA aldermen, each one trying to do what they think from uh, like a legislative point of view is the best thing for the city of Chicago's long-term future. But what uh, John Daly is telling them, shut up, just vote whichever way the mayor wants you to vote and take care of potholes, which by the way, Good luck taking care of potholes. The only body who gets their potholes filled in the city of Chicago are people in Lincoln Yards area. Have you talked? D, have you seen the state of the streets right now? I mean, God dang. Oh, my Lord. Don't worry. Folks, do not ride a bicycle down Damon, okay? Just word of warning. Oh, shit. Oh, around that pothole. Oh yeah, I've 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 lived I live in the south now, Pilsen, a more south, I guess I should say, and I'm just learning about a whole new batch of potholes. It's fun. Yeah, well, the, you're in Nicole Lee's ward, by the way. She's your older woman. Yeah, uh, and uh, let's see if she fills the potholes in your block, uh, even though you uh, threw your hat into the ring for the. <laughs> I know. Well, no. Let's see if she puts her uh, stake in the ground early and comes on the Ben Jarofsky show. That's what I'm saying. Eh, not likely. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure they warned her already. Do not that old hippie. <laughs> don't go on that guy's show. No. So far, it seems like like I don't know, like the wrong. Uh, well, I don't want to say wrong, but like a certain batch of uh, aldermen got a hold of this and kind of you know went to the press. Like where's where's uh, you know where's uh, Sigcho Lopez and no, you know, no, no, no. Ramirez this, Rosa? This, you know uh, what I mean? Uh, no, this is a whole different ball game, ladies oh. and gentlemen. And this is not Raylo. From the, this is not Anthony Beal. This is not uh, Napolitano. You know, this this is this is just Mayor Lori, Lori Lightfoot made the appointment, uh, and it's all about consolidating her power. And so, yeah, it's Carlos Ramirez Rosa is not going to be there. Jeanette Taylor on the show yesterday is not going to be there. You know. <laughs> So, but maybe Nicole will stun us, D, and maybe she'll show uh, some independence of her own. Uh, Silvana Tabaris on the 23rd Ward showing some independence. I don't agree with her. She's to the right, but she shows a little independence from the mayor. I always welcome a little independence. 
So, Moving on. And you know, guys, I've lived here over 10 years. And I don't know about the rest of you, but good God, I cannot wait to gamble in this city. <laughs> oh, God. Chicago's drawn-out casino sweepstakes is down to three of a kind. As Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday passed on a pair of proposals tied to McCormick Place and extended her selection process by at least a few months. Yeah, we're trying to get a, a casino in the city of Chicago, guys. City officials announced they've narrowed the field of five bids for the coveted mega casino down to three development pitches. A Bally's Casino slated for the River West site where Chicago Tribune printing plant is now located. A Hard Rock Casino at the proposed One Central Project site over the Metro tracks near Soldier Field. And the so-called Rivers 78 site in the South Loop. But while the mayor had said she'd pick one finalist by the end of March to recommend to the state regulators who have the final say on issuing a casino license, officials now say that decision won't be made. At least until early summer. I, I know Ben was riffing on this this week, so let's resume well, that I riff. I, I'll close it down with this one, and I won't riff too much because this is going to be a this is a tease, D. Oh, nice. Subject of this week's column, and boy, I might have a field day with this one. Uh, but I'll say this about this. Uh, most Chicagoans, we've discussed this, everyone who comes on the show gets asked this question, so, but you can't duck and dodge when you come on the Ben Jarofsky show, all right? This is why they'll tell Nicole, don't go on that hippie show. Uh, you come on, you're going to be asked. All right, the mayor says she's narrowed it down to three finalists. Uh, two questions. One, uh, do you believe that she's already uh, selected, despite the fact that she claims that she hasn't selected? Do you believe the site has already been selected? And two, do you think the site that they ultimately take is not mentioned on this list? And most people say yes to the first question. Of course, she's already selected a site. This is just a dog and pony show uh, to keep you know people paying attention and <laughs> treat the voters like they really listen to them. Oh, we're going to pretend we're, we're listening. As long as it looks fair and balanced. Yeah, it looks fair and balanced. Uh, and then there's quite a few people who say, yeah, they think that the real site is not on this list. I'm not that jaded. Hard to believe. I'm if I had to put money in Vegas, I'm saying they're going to take the 78. There's that's going to be a huge TIF development uh, in the South Loop, and my guess is uh, they're going to put it there. And right currently, that is in uh, Byron Sixto Lopez's uh, ward. I guarantee you, folks, when it's all said and done, it's not going to be in his <laughs> ward. No way. Kick it over to uh, to Lee's ward. The rookie alderman, you're in charge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Put her, the rookie in charge oh, of it. Oh, man. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, they're not going to try. Are you kidding? <laughs> Byron Sixto Lopez, a lefty, calling the shots on that thing? Aldermen are supposed to have a say in all this. So they have to throw that out the window if it was in Byron's word. We gotta, I got to bring Byron on next week to get his thoughts on this. But uh, so, yeah, that's my guess on that. I have much more to say uh, in a column uh, that I'll be writing for next week. All right, so Ben was fired up about that casino news there, so go check that out. The latest from Ben Jarofsky. It's going to be coming out next week. Also, check out his current column, all right, and an archive of columns. Dude's been doing columns since, like, the 80s, all right? Go check it out, chicagoreader.com, uh, and you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, over 1,300 episodes of the Ben Jarofsky show. So go check that out, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, wherever else you download podcasts. If you want some Anchorage, Alaska news, check out the Anchorage Daily News as well. All right. Very good. Excellent job, uh, Dr. D. Appreciate the work you've done. 
Uh, and uh, as everybody knows, uh, the man comes from Alton, Illinois. Yes, he's the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. Without him, we couldn't do this show. Yeah, and guess what they call him back at Alton? Dennis. Dr. D. And guess what Dr. D stands for down in uh, Alton? Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Face coverage. Face coverage. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.